Welcome to another episode of Simply Soccer. My name is Michelle Hutink, and joining me today are Jamie Bacon and Chris Conway. Thank you, guys, once again. What's up? What's up? Yeah, I'm going up to Seattle with you guys, so this is going to be amazing. Oh, wait, these are the best days, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Very much looking forward to it, you guys. So, uh, yeah, we're jumping in right here, though. We are here to talk. The fifth installment of El Trafico, the August 25th match. Um, Galaxy are still unbeaten uh, by LAFC. And just to touch on a couple points for me first, um, I did expect Pavon to score. Um, that was in my prediction. I also had a feeling that Carrasco was going to be freaking subbed in, and he was. Um yeah, that's, I think, my main points there <laughs> for, for me going in. Well, what was interesting about that game was, you know, we talk about game phases and we talk about, you know, 20 minutes here and 30 minutes here. What was the state of the game? And, and for the first 20, 25 minutes where the Galaxy looked the most effective was when they were kind of doing what LAFC does to other teams, which was forced moments of transition and win those moments of transition and create general chaos and bet that their best players are going to win those moments of chaos over your opposition players. So that's why, you know, I think a lot of people look at that uh, second slot on goal where he, you know, basically waltzed past Tyler Miller. That's the Galaxy midfield digging in, digging deep and winning moments of transition. That's important. So, you know, I think what the Galaxy did for really well for 30 minutes was create those moments and create those opportunities. The problem was for the next, you know, 60 minutes, they lost the midfield battle and you could argue that, you know, LAFC probably outworked them for 60 minutes. And, and Ibrahimovic said, you know, Oh, we were kind of getting heavy legs because we, you know, we had to chase the game for 45 minutes in the second half. But, you know, I think for me, the big takeaway was that the galaxy created moments where they made LAFC very uncomfortable and LAFC kind of said, like, we weren't expecting a lot of what the galaxy went out there and did. And, I mean, that's the reason it's a 3-3 draw and we're not talking about a, you know, a 3-1 loss or something like that. For sure. I mean, the other thing that I was, that's also in my notes and you know what, in another prediction was that if the Galaxy go up early, this team doesn't have a history of being able to hold on to leads, even though we were up 3-1 at one point um, in my Galaxy heart, I knew that. You know, we have predicted a draw, I think. I mean, I was so confident in a win. I really thought it was going to be another 4-3, and we were so close to to getting that. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, a 3-3 draw doesn't shock me. And, you know, that begs the question. I mean, definitely the first half, the way that we played, it's like, hey, playoff ready. Um, was super proud of the guys. Pavon, like I said, got a gorgeous goal, cutting right in. Um, you know, and then it came right after Zlatan's second goal. Um in the 16th minute. So, you know, this team, like we keep saying, just, you know, doesn't lack talent, doesn't lack the potential and the, and the heart, like I, the way that they came out and played that first half, I I also kind of figured they were going to be burnt out by the second. Yeah. And, and the one big thing that I think we talk about a lot in terms of the great MLS teams, you know, those, the galaxy teams of yore and, 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 you know, Atlanta last year. And, and I, you know, I, I know, if this is a galaxy focused podcast. So, you know, I, I hate kind of saying about what LAFC is doing in terms of, you know, their attackers. We talk about 
attacking duos and the great attacking duos of the league. So we're talking about, you know, guys like, you know, uh, Robbie Keane and Lennon Donovan, you know, in Atlanta's case last year, Miguel Miron and Joseph Martinez this year, it's Carlos Vela and Diego Rossi. The, the big question about the galaxy success is how Zlatan and Pavone are going to put themselves into that kind of conversation of the great attacking duos. And I think if they can do that, where they put themselves high in that list and the galaxy, you know, are in pretty good shape. If you think about it, you know, from positions one to 11 on the roster. Um, I think this, you know, the, the galaxy showed again, you know, especially when they were hanging on that, like depth is a serious concern with this team. I mean, they, they're, we're not as deep as, as, you know, a lot of other teams in this league. And I mean, the fact that, you know, Carlos Vela goes down with a minor, you know, hamstring injury and they could bring on a guy like Brian Rodriguez, who's actually a really exciting, fun prospect shows a lot of where the galaxy need to improve is not necessarily one through 11 it's positions, you know, 12 through 24 on the roster. Right. Cause when Vela was off with that hamstring strain, I mean, it was Rossi, it was blessing. You had other guys that were shooting him, but they don't, I mean, LFC does rely on Vela, but I mean, at that moment, like they didn't, they didn't need him. And then when they've already clinched the playoffs, I also say like, they don't need him either. And so, um, so that's the, but that's the interesting thing about LAFC for me. And I know that they had yeah. to start the strongest 11 possible for this game just because the, because of the meaning of this game. Sure. You know, in the whole entire context of, you know, the, Bob Bradley came out himself and basically said, like, this is the one game that consumes us. This is the one game that we need desperately so badly. So, of course, yeah. he's going to go out and he's going to play his best starting 11. But if he doesn't – Bob Bradley doesn't do a ton of squad, work, squad rotation. I think, you know, if you're LAFC, at least from a perspective of – mileage over a season and MLS tends to due to the size of the United States, the way that MLS travels, et cetera, et cetera. Mileage becomes a thing when you, when you're talking about players in this league, if I'm LAFC, I'm a little bit concerned at, as to why there has not been more squad rotation in this team. And I think it's, it could become a problem. I mean, you saw Vela break down in that game. Now they're saying it's only going to be a week. Um, he's just going, they're going to, you know, obviously monitor him over the week and, Make sure that, you know, it's not as more serious than anything Meyer. Um, I would be surprised if he plays on the weekend. Um, but, you know, mileage has to be a concern. And and I think that's also it's also affecting the Galaxy in a lot of respects because, you know, with as much as we hate the Leagues Cup, the Leagues Cup was a thing that we were forced to do. That adds miles. Like, the Galaxy are having problems squad retaining because a lot of the backup people have also been putting in miles and major competition. So, you know, I think both these teams, mileage has got to be a serious concern moving forward. Completely agree. Um, I'm, I got some information that Jonathan Dos Santos and Antuna might not be available for September 11th game. So, um, I don't know, you know, rest our guys. Um, well, I mean, it would make sense. Cause they're going, they're going to a Colorado team. That's, you know, not necessarily fully in disarray. They just named an actual official head coach and, Connor Casey did write the ship uh, there, but I mean, a Colorado team that is clearly in a transitionary period of rebuilding yeah, and stuff like that. And if you look at kind of the well, games, technically we are too, right? <laughs> well, I mean, we're much, much farther in that process, Absolutely. Than, you know, but I mean, if you look at, you know, the schedule upcoming Seattle away, that's going to require all the starters. You go to Colorado, Colorado is not a playoff team. Robin Frazier is going to have to do a lot more work to make that team a playoff team. And that's going to take multiple years. You've got SKC at home, which is a critical game. Montreal at home, another critical game. Then you go to RSL away, which is another, you know, massive kind of game. I mean, the Galaxy schedule from here on out is actually a little bit trickier than I think most people are, are, are led to believe. Because, I mean, 
Yeah, there's the Colorado, Vancouver, and Houston games, which are all games that are very, very easily winnable for the Galaxy. But outside of that, the rest of the schedule for the Galaxy is a bit of a murderer's row of teams that are competing for playoff spots. The Galaxy have to be good in those games, especially against SKC and Real Salt Lake. They have to win away to Houston. They have to win against Vancouver at home. Yeah. Colorado, you can give away with conceding a point or two there, I think, and still be fine to make the playoffs. Well, look, I know that we lost to Colorado at home. We definitely do have a pretty good away record considering uh, – my confidence is that the Galaxy will will be able to win Colorado against Colorado for sure. Oh yeah, I think I think they de- I definitely know? think with the way that the Galaxy are playing currently, this color that Colorado away match I mean, is a very winnable match. I understand, like going back to El Tráfico, why it was concerning. I mean, LAFC was just taking shots, shots, shots um, on us, and because of being um, like we really were able to to hold on to that three three. Um, yeah, I think the uh, the XG map had LAFC at something like 3.98 expected goals, and the Galaxy only had like 1.52 expected goals. And so for the Galaxy to really outwork the expected goals number to score three, it's 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 an it's impressive it's an impressive testament to what Zlatan and Pavon are building together. And I I said this on the last podcast, but I find it very I mean awesome, etc. But a 24 year old Argentine is getting a 37 38 year old veteran who's you know, in the twilight of his career, he's getting him up and making him feel like he's, you know, young again. It's a, it's a cool kind of relationship that Pavone and Zlatan have yeah. um, in terms of just like how much. It, and it's interesting because Zlatan, since Pavone has come in, he's a different person, I think. And especially in his media interaction, stuff like that. Everything he says, like he's apologizing for not being good enough in the second half because he said he was tired and yes. that's not good enough from him. Like taking this accountability um, which I don't think existed before. And, and, and yes, I agree. I don't know if necessarily it was just Pavon walking in and basically saying, you know, like you need to, you need to change your tune. Or if it was the front office kind of saying, we're bringing this guy, we're doing this. We're bringing in a guy that is very, you know, who, who went to a world cup last year, who was very exciting. We need you to get on board again. And he decided to do it. I don't know kind of what that conversation and what those conversations were like behind closed doors. Obviously the galaxy are never really going to come forward with that because it's, you know, right, right, uh, behind right. the type of conversation that should never see the light of day in terms of public access. But I think it's, I think Pobon's impact has to be a little bit, estimated a little bit more than just the 90 minutes that he plays. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, you know, he got that assist the, a minute and 46 seconds in. And I definitely think that when we knew that he was coming, the reason why his fans were so excited about it was because of what he was going to be able to bring to the table and, and you know, definitely shift a, a dynamic in the team. Um, I mean, everybody does seem to be getting along better. I know that there was, like, a, a GIF going around of, like, Zlatan pushing Legit, you know, on a free kick. But it was just to get okay. him to the unmarked man. It wasn't... Okay. Real quick, yeah, it's GIF. Yeah. It's, it's, it's GIF. It's not GIF. It's GIF. GIF is a type of peanut oh, butter. Oh, GIF sorry, is, GIF. <laughs> sorry. You know, when it came I know, out of my I know, mouth, I wasn't I know they sure. Officially, I know they officially said it's GIF. It's not. GIF okay. is a type of peanut butter. GIF is what it is. Fair enough. I take it. Okay, well, sorry, thank you for that. No, no. <laughs> it's a point of contention for me. No, that's fine. I When it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, my God, did I say this word? And I don't edit my pod. So, like, here we are, guys, and getting all the content. <laughs> and also now you know how it should be pronounced uh, <laughs> on the patreon i know right patreon content i give a 20 minute rant about how much i hate the people who made the gifts actually be pronounced gifs. 
I think if you have a Patreon, send us money. <laughs> I know. I haven't had anything in my Venmo, you know, unless it was from actually Chris and Jamie. So thank you. So. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you didn't watch the Megapod, you don't know what's happening with that conversation. So you get all on YouTube. You should all you should all watch the Megapod. Hey. It's absolutely brilliant. Across uh, the galaxy, guys. Shout you know, I think. I think, kind of, if we're, just to continue talking about El Tráfico really quickly, I think one, I, I, a three-three draw makes sense because the way that LAFC attacks you, it's so relentless that. And they were at home. Yeah, they're at home, and again, we we kind of hit about. I, I hit this, you know, on the pod the last time that MLS skews or MLS values home results more than they value a value away results, just based on, you know the realities of the league that we exist in. Definitely. But I think it was interesting because the galaxy, this was a defensive performance that I still think was very good, even though they scored or they conceded three goals, because if you look at some of the percentage or percentage chances that were appearing going into like the 70th, 80th, 90th minute, LAC weren't getting very clean looks. And if you think about the two looks they got early in the second half or early in the first half that they scored on, that was the Galaxy trying to play almost kind of an offside trap kind of style defense. And it wasn't working. And Shalota was smart enough to stop trying to pull the offside traps. I mean, Latif Blessing read the trap well and scored on that second goal. He, I mean, that was, that, that's him being smart. And I hate, I hate giving him props because. Look, I always give credit where it's due. Yeah. So that's fair. You know, he, he read the line perfectly and stuff like that. That's why like, that's why LAFC is Jamie's good. waiting in the wing. She'll get her chance to bash in a second. <laughs> That's why LAFC is good this year is because what LAFC does really well is these moments of transition and their players are so adept at reading when your defense is scrambling, reading when your goalkeeper is trying to get his lines in order, reading when the left back is pinned up to a certain height and the center backs are kind of trying to cover that space. And LAFC is really good about attacking into that space. But the Galaxy did very well in the first game against LAFC. And what they kind of did... Going into first the second, uh, no, the fir- I'm, I'm referring to the first game there. Oh, first game ever. And what they did very well in the second half to really cut down on some of the opportunities. But the Galaxy realized they couldn't be aggressive in terms of the way they played defense. They had to be a lot more solid. And so what they did was again what they did in the first game, and what really frustrated LAFC was Park try to win the midfield battle, and in those moments in the midfield, win those moments of chaos and break with that. Yeah, agreed. And as far as the lineup goes, um, you know, people were saying, well, why have Shelvick back there? You know, why sub in Romney? And it's like, well, who else are you really going to have? Like when you said about our depth. Well, when you have a game where Stairs is sitting out and and it's a weird thing to say, but this is 2019 and everything about this team is weird. <laughs> we win that game if Steris is our starting is in our starting defense. I know. I think we win that game even if Steris is off the bench because you can sub him in and put him five and really choke out the midfield. We win that game with Steris being in the lineup. Yes, I agree. Without him, it's hard. I mean, you don't have a lot of depth defensively. Um, I think Steris has quietly been one of the better center backs in MLS um, over the past two years. I just think the results on the teams that he's been on through no fault of his own, um, have kind of made the Galaxy defense the laughing stock of MLS. But if you think about who he's been paired with, I mean, you know, he was paired with Romney pretty much for all of last year. And then he's been paired with, you know, Shkeldik on his left. Like, you know, he's 
he's not had players where, you know, he can really shine because he has to do emergency defending. I think in situations where the Galaxy don't have to emergency defend, Sturgis is actually a very good center back. He's smart. He knows how to play the ball out of the back. He's tactically very aware of the game around him. Um, but he just struggles at scrambling, which a lot of center backs do. And what made the Galaxy defenses or center back pairings of like AJ De La Garza and, you know, Omar Gonzalez really good was that AJ was the smart you know, kind of read the game before anyone else sees it and be there to cut off the pass at the pass. And Omar Gonzalez was really good at scrambling. So whenever AJ overcommitted, Omar could just scramble, play emergency defense, and everything would be fine. Shkelik doesn't have a guy next to him that can scramble that well until about this year when he got Polenta. So. Right. That's the other thing. Um, that last Vela goal, I definitely, you know, you could say if it, it was on Romney that if, you know, Sheldon could stay in because he had a yellow card, that it was better to just sub him off. But that's on Legit. That's also on Pavon, that goal. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but look, you, I understand Shaloto taking Shkelvik off because, I mean, he was also, he was having a torrid time <laughs> defending. I mean, he was getting killed every single yeah. time. Latif yeah. Blessing had him in his pocket. Um, and you, you know, you, you can't just basically concede a wing for another 45 minutes and expect your, yourself to win the game. So I understand, like, kind of why, you know, you, you can't live in a world where he's he's playing that second half. Um, but again, it, uh, we, then we get to this whole entire conversation of depth and is, you know, is Romney, you know, a guy that you want to rely on for 45 minutes in that type of game? And I'm not sure. No, I mean, there's also the question of the fact that the Galaxy somehow ended up this game with five yellow cards and LAFC ended up with zero. And we can talk. Well, about, that's because Chapman was. We right. can talk about Alan Chapman all we want, but let's, you know, the less said, the better. Right. Especially considering the foul calls. I mean, what Zlatan was called for three foul or Zlatan apparently committed three fouls in this game, but yet, you know, was getting hacked and, and, and bruised and. Right, but then Carrasco got a card like being like three minutes in and it's like, well, so now he can't even like use his body to defend like and do his job, but okay. You know, uh, and, and the thing about it is and I think that that last 45 minutes was made a little bit harder on the Galaxy because of I'm not going to say it's an implicit bias against Lachlan Ibrahimovic because right. I choose to live in a world where I believe that people aren't that incredibly petty, but um, the Galaxy's defensive kind of plan in the second half was get, you know, have Zlatan win those 50-50 balls that we're sending forward and let him be the release valve and let him win fouls and let him, you know, take the air out of LAFC's attack. And he, you know, he didn't do that exactly effectively, whether it's through his fault or the fault of the referee. That's kind of also what contributed to the, you know, the pressure that LAFC was able to put on the Galaxy over the second half. Right. And not to, like, make excuses, but, like, I mean, you know, but look, we we also gave up balls. Like, Ralph Felcher gave up a lot of balls um, in that second half particularly. And so... You know, I mean, it is what it is. Like, we knew that there was work to be done on this team. We knew with them going in. Um, I mean, part of it is that we are in LAFC's head. Um, but like I said, I, I can't get over that first half because it was some of the most beautiful soccer I've seen. But, I mean, also, hey, going to the Bank of California Stadium and getting a draw is not a bad result. They have Not at all. The, I mean, yeah, I, don't, prior, I definitely don't feel like it was a loss. Prior to the evening, LAFC was 11 wins, zero losses, and one draw at their home stadium. So getting a draw there this season is a good result. Like it's not like 
the end of the world. Like it was, a, it, it is a very good result for the galaxy to get that, you know, three, three. I mean, it, you can make the argument probably should have been three, two. The galaxy should have been a little bit more defensively solid at times, you know, but you know, the, the three goals they conceded weren't necessarily, you know, I think the, the second goal, the, the yeah, Latif blessing second goal, I think the galaxy defense just switched off there. So, completely, you know, yeah. but I mean, the other two goals, you know, were, were, were kind of moments of individual brilliance from LAFC players. So, I mean, I get that it's a good result, but but with the way that the game was going the first 25, 30 minutes, the way we looked, honestly, it does feel like a loss. I mean, we had that game wrapped up. When we dropped 15 minutes into the game, we had that one. I it, mean, was, the, it was ours for the taking and ours to lose or or get the draw. So, yeah, the, Gal- the Galaxy probably should have had a fourth goal we're happy. in that first Absolutely. half. Absolutely. Well, and even at the end there with Pavon yeah. and Zlatan, they, could, like, they had late, late chances. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah, well, well, that makes me happy is that they still can't beat us. Right. Exactly. That's my point. And like, like we said, like playing over there, and uh, you know, and just knowing this Galaxy team. When we were up early, I was like, "All right, this is either going to be a draw or or we're going to come with a four three. That's right. really what I thought. Yeah, and, and and the way that LAFC attacks, it's it's hard for you to get a clean sheet against them, just considering the the wealth of attacking options they they possess. Although yeah. I. I have a question because I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game or really even the highlights. I've just been busy. That, um, how dare you have a life? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry that my family is needy. (laughs) Oh gosh. We all have like work and life and stuff. Um, Sorry to interrupt. Go for it. There were, there were, there were goals on both sides. One for us that didn't count because it was offside and one for them mm. that did count though. I believe it was offside. Was that the second that rule? Have you watched it and seen if it actually looked offside or not? Or is that just, you know, my job uh, on Sunday going, that's totally wrong. The second goal. So I, I believe you're referring to the second, Lati- the second goal they scored, the, book, the Lati- yeah. goal. Yes. Yes. I'm um, sure being offside. I think that's what the call would have been. Yeah. I just, I, I watched it earlier. I watched it earlier today, and and they did get the call right. He was on he was onside. Okay, it, it's the way yeah, they I shot it. So it came from kind of a weird angle, and like there's so much chaos in the box that he, like it's kind of hard to see him, but he does stray onside. Well, and mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in a completely sober state of mind, so it, <laughs> like like once you're calm and not in that emotional spot either, because right. obviously Sunday we're all emotional. Yeah, exactly. It, Absolutely. It is. Look, and even that. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. All I was going to say was like, even that second Zlatan goal, even though to me it, it seemed onside, but when Tyler came out, Tyler Miller had come out, um, I, I, for some reason, just had like this feeling of, gosh, I hope that, you know, somehow the ref doesn't call that offside or something. So I like waited to make sure it stood. And then I, then I was happy about it. Well, I, it was weird because Tyler Miller switched off. I think he was expecting the offside flag, but if you watch the huh. kind of the run of, if you kind of watch the run of play, Walker Zimmerman, it, it kind of, oddly enough, kind of ricochets off Walker Zimmerman right into Ibrahimovic's path, and it's just one touch to beat the goalkeeper kind of thing. Mm-hmm. By the way, I don't know if you guys still have this uh, Open Cup game on. I do. It is getting chippy AF right now. <laughs> the Cup final. Cards coming out. Yeah, Minnesota's 2-1, guys. Um, so simply soccer, we can talk about this stuff. <laughs> oh, they just pulled a, they pulled Alonso for Quintero, so that's going to be a... And guess who's having trouble keeping control of a game? Oh my God, it's Chapman. 
Wow. <laughs> Alan Chapman, noted enemy of the podcast as of today. <laughs> as of today. And uh, because I, I um, we are free agents, uh, we can say whatever we want, views are our own. Uh, (laughs) this is why i don't have a media credential for those who wonder you know i like being a fan at la galaxy i like tailgating with my friends here and also like yeah then i can also run this podcast and my youtube channel and stuff so and instagram (laughs) um um i know i know michelle you wanted to hit on kind of what the, the the kind of the meta conversation about the rivalry now after the yes. after after, after two seasons <laughs> two seasons of full regular um regular season meetings because right. the next possible meeting would either be in the playoffs or next season. I mean, we beat them twice. Um, think, we have three draws. Like to me we win. Um, I think this I think this rivalry <laughs> has just unseated Portland and Seattle in terms of the must watch TV. Yeah. I mean, because I mean I think it's interesting to that point that you're making right there about that is, I don't know if you guys follow um, Amy on, on Twitter, but she was saying something about it today, how like outside of the Pacific Northwest really only like MLS nuts care about that Derby or what, not even a Derby. It's not a Derby because they're not the same thing, but like a po or a enemy. Like nobody even cares outside of the Pacific Northwest. It's not a big thing. I (laughs) I think people care. I don't think people care in the sense that, uh, there's there there seems to be a tribalism around it. I think people care because it is kind of the uniqueness of how Cascadia views soccer and how Cascadia views it as like a canvas for you know social like for for you know interacting with other Cascadia cities. I think with this fun, but I don't go out of my way to watch it. Yeah. Whereas I know a lot of people. But I'm saying like found Sounders fans might though out of their way to watch. There's watch. a certain there's a certain grit about about the games between the Galaxy and LAFC that I don't think Portland and Seattle ever really achieved, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, look, at it first does. I felt like this rivalry was forced upon us. You know, it's kind of like noisy neighbors, these kids. But look, I mean, like Tucker said, uh, for guys who don't know, like Zero Cool 138, um, Rise Squadcast, he was like, listen, nothing else made us come together and do a Megapod. So... <laughs> um, you know, outside of MLS, though, is LAFC known? No. no. I don't think so, but I think, I mean, the, the international heft the Galaxy have, um, I mean, the most followed accounts for social media in, in MLS, you know, people people pay attention. Um, and especially, you know, and, you know, the, the Galaxy is usually a lot of, you know, people's international, at least people, uh, that's their touchstone to MLS. They're, they're aware of it. So I think, you know, seeing a rivalry with this kind of intensity involving the Galaxy, because, you know, if you think about it, you know, back in the Chivas USA days, it was, that was a guaranteed three points every single time we played them. You know, they didn't have the quality that was, you know, matching the Galaxy teams at the time. And, and, and you know, if you're unfamiliar with the United States, whatever, San Jose is kind of a foreign concept to you, just like it's a, a smaller California city. So obviously that's not going to be that half that, you know, it's not going to deliver that kind of heft. But if you think about two LA teams, considering what LA is in the international sports world. Yeah. in the international lexicon of America, LA, it's, you know, either LA or New York. Those are the first two kind of thoughts that mm-hmm. you have. Obviously it's, it, it, it delivers a certain, a different level of, of, uh, import and, and heaviness and, you know, you know, I, I hate, you know, giving MLS, MLS front office branding credit, but, you know, calling it the battle for LA is exactly that. And it's, 
you know, the battle for this massive city, obviously, but also this massive kind of cultural, you know, institution is a very large thing. Yeah, and LAFC needs to beat us. Like, it's it's interesting how, I mean, you know, they're first place, they got, they're, they're on their way to the Supporter Shield, but yet it's like the biggest thing to them is beating us. And they've already clinched the playoffs, but it's like beating us. Yeah. So, <laughs> in all reality, they've already clinched the Supporter Shield. No one's catching that on either side. Yeah, there's no question. Because we all know that you don't win cups when you get the Supporter Shield. It's very rare. And, and in the American kind of way that we view sports, the supporter shield is is for better or for worse meaningless because of the the importance that playoffs have in the American kind of sports world. If you think about it, right? Like nobody nobody cares who wins the president's trophy in the NHL. Everyone cares who wins Stanley. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You can be the best leading up to it, but if you can't win during the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. And yes, that is a very American mentality. It, uh, it is. It is in this MLS tango. And I get why Zlatan, like, you know, bashed our playoff system, whatever, but playoffs. Yeah, especially now with, like, one and done. That way in all American sports, like, it's just how it is. Yeah, and I mean, I understand why Zlatan did it, too, because he never grew up with, like, you know, the whole entire playoff system. So sure. it, it, well, you know, he's, he's, he's a Swedish guy coming from a foreign perspective, so it, it doesn't exactly. make sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, it is soon to talk about playoffs. I mean, we're all just drooling for Drini to come be back um, and play, but like, come what be is, back. You know what I'm saying? Is it? Well, okay. So. I didn't say drooling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for his play, not just because he's sexy AM. <laughs> I say that in I guys, because like everybody's like, oh my god, you're a woman, and you just like Allison Jenny because he's hot. And it's like, can you please? Like, it's a plus. I am mean, like, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but but we know what he can do. But it is too soon to tell about the players. But are we, we know, like chance, but do we know? Do we know what we're getting back in Drini, considering the injuries and stuff like that? I'm almost worried he's going to come back and be way too tentative because of 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 the the luck he's had in LA and in LA Galaxy Jersey. And I really hope that this is the end of the injury saga, but. Well, his Instagram story says he's working really hard. I don't, I don't think it's in him to not give everything he has. Like if he's going to lose his leg, he's going to lose it on the pit. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he's passionate and, for it. And, and you can make and you can make the argument that this surgery and everything that he did he should have done last year and missed last year's season doing it, and that he was he was just kind of taking away to ensure that he could at least be you know you know contributing to the team. So and then that in is that probably something that should have happened a lot earlier in his career, right? And then in that argument, then you have him as a power sub to make sure that he you know comes in, in like seventy fifth minute, so you're not breaking his legs. Oh yeah, no, I, I totally think he's going to be he's. I think he's going to be start ready. I think he, I think he'll I think he I think he'll be start ready in terms of fitness. I just think the way that Shaloto is going to look at utilizing him, I think maybe more sub than than starter at least for the first three or four weeks, and he'll probably he'll play himself into starting. I think. Sorry, Jamie, go ahead. I think like the first two games he'll probably do thirty minutes a game, and see where his health is after that, and then after that, there's no there's no stopping him. Yeah, yeah. he's he not on the bench. You cannot. Like yeah, yeah, but he's you know not going to throw a tantrum like Villa when you take him off and 
he needs to rest that leg. <laughs> I, get, I, I get why Villa was mad. I mean, he's like, I get that, but it's like, yes, <laughs> this but at is the same the time, like, it's your hamstring, bro. Yeah. Like, he like, was anybody ham- would come on. And hamstrings are tricky. Hamstrings are tricky. They are. Yeah, he. I mean, he was one one step away. I don't know what, if it was his plant foot or his or his a uh, strong foot, but he was one step away from ending the rest of his season with that hamstring. Absolutely, I, I yeah, completely agree. I agree, one hundred ten percent. Yeah, but that tells you to me how much he wants to beat us. It's like really, you were like, you want to break your own leg to like beat us. Well, we talked about this on the last pod where I said, you know, one of the things that I. I I question about LAFC and what LAFC is trying to accomplish and, and, and success or, you know, what's kind of LAFC's future roadmap and whatnot is that there's a difference in, you know, in, in the mentality and the obsession of beating the LA galaxy. I worry if that has, you know, consumed them to the point where they won't be able to be successful in, in other ventures because nothing will feel as like good as they, as as good as they believe beating the galaxy will feel. I I almost wonder, you know, if they were to win Supporter Shield MLS Cup, if that's still the one thing that hangs over their head, no matter what. Oh, I have no question it would. Crazy to live like that in someone's head. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like, you know, like a bad relationship. Like you, you, we broke up with them and they just can't. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. Oh my God. That's great. Um, Who's better than everyone else. I know. Right. Well, that's it. Um, There were a few responses from, from people that I had gotten um, that Zlatan is better than Bella. Hands down. Yeah. that's, That's not a controversial opinion. I know, I know. It's just people are like, oh, but the number of goals scored. He's not that far behind, and he's also 38, what, 39 years old now? Yeah, right? I love I believe, when I believe said that. He goes, when I was his age, where I was at, and he thinks this is the peak of his career. Total total get off my lawn moment when he said when I was at that age. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I mean, you, a, a career as a whole better. This season, sure, maybe Vela's better, but he's not I don't know. Even if you look at the, the two years that Zlatan's been in MLS, he has more goals than Vela total. Yeah. Vela just has more this year. And he, only by, what, four, I think? And I mean, the conversation, too, also, like, if we're going to talk about the best striker in MLS, we're, we're doing Atlanta and Joseph Martinez a complete and total disservice, considering, I mean, Joseph Martinez has been doing the unreal in Atlanta. Like, you know, so. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think it was a battle Strikers should battle those two. <laughs> that is fair. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Bale's um, mm-hmm. been doing it with Blessing, with uh, Diego Rossi. He had Ramirez for half the season. He'll uh, get Brian yeah. Fernandez. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're doing this with literally just everyone on our team crossing because we can't make actual passes. And now we have football so we can send in through balls. Yes. Yes. So. To that effect, are we playing like we're champ potential? I think you know. I, I think I know it's with, easy, but with the way the Western Conference playoffs usually tend to go, where there's a there's a couple of upsets, and you know there's there's all sorts of of, of 
what I'd say is cannibalism between the teams. The Galaxy, yeah. the Galaxy with the way and the style that they're playing right now, which is this energetic kind of counterattack defensive smart style, the Galaxy have to consider that maybe they can make a run at, at, at MLS Cup this year. I think, you know, if you look at, I mean, Seattle's doing that thing where they raise from the grave and become the zombie through the second half of the season. That's unstoppable. But, you know, Portland has been inconsistent. Um, Seattle has been inconsistent. RSL has been playing some of the most fun soccer in the second half of the season. Um, but again, inconsistency. I look at a lot of the Western Conference teams, and the only one team where I can say, like, they are consistent, you know, you know what you're going to get out of them every single time they step out in the field and play as LAFC. And of course, as you can see, they've, you know, they're winning the support shield this year. Um, so, I mean, you know, looking at the draw, I mean, if the galaxy can get a home game in the first round of the playoffs, really start to build some momentum. I mean, you know, with, with the record against LAFC and then, and, and how they've, they've, they've managed to make LAFC look pedestrian. I mean, the galaxy have to consider that maybe, you know, you get a result or two in your favor. This could be a run in the playoffs or like a deep run in the playoffs. I'd say as far as playoffs go, don't underestimate Minnesota. Yeah, I'm watching them right now. Apparently, <laughs> under the radar, just been up there the entire season. And yeah, he's talking the, the three year plan worked. Adrian, he said we have a three year plan and it worked. It's incredible what they've done. Like, they yeah. right there in the like third, fourth, fifth spot all season long. They jumped up to second, I think, what was it, last week, and then um, RSL jumped back up. But and they're they, a fun team. I mean, they're a fun team to watch with Quintero, Lode. Gregush is a fantastic player. They've got a really good goalkeeper in uh, Vito Manone. Um, and they're, they're, they're a fun team. And I don't hate them. And that's weird. Yeah. But it's Minnesota. It's the Minnesota niceness. It just it, it disarms you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, I think it, uh, this season for some reason feels really long, but I, I remember their coach saying, like, you know, and I agreeing with it, that, that they're not the same team that they were, that they really are, like you said, like, doing a lot of development, and we've seen them really grow and sneak their way up there. Well, so, and also we don't are in fourth place now. Yeah. Don't underestimate the importance of, of, a new, of, of, of having your own building and having your own, you know, stadium where you can, that you can call home. That, that is a very impactful thing as well and the unpredictability that is mls that is true <laughs> that is very true help yeah. philadelphia might want it did anybody else get you questions on your side uh i don't have anything else to add i okay. do um i mean you know this weekend's game is 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 correct yes, absolutely it would be phenomenal to beat the Sounders at home. They are winless at home. Um, so it's not impossible. However, I think we all have the shadow of the 5-0 loss up there. Um, but I don't see that, you know, and I know it's turf and everything, but um, if I'm making a prediction, I, I also feel like worst case scenario, a draw. Um, but I really do think that we could beat them at home. It's not the same Seattle team that we've been seeing. Um, sure, Jordan Morris has been playing better, but you know, when you look at what's been happening with them, like I said, winless, uh, you know, at home, um, they're, they, they're, they did, they did win. They did beat Portland. Yeah. They're eight, two, they're eight, two. So yeah, they're eight, two and three at home. So I don't, yeah. unless it's in their past few games. Um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, so I, games, yeah. I think, I think if, if, if the galaxy can neutralize Jordan Morris, who, you know, I don't think he's a national team or just, 
in, in <laughs> you have feelings about that. <laughs> but, you know, if you think about his story and kind of what he's been through, you know, I'm happy to see him succeeding. I think it's, you know, Agreed. he's, he's a very, he's a very likable person and in, in everything I've, I've, I've read and heard about him is that, uh, that backs it up. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think if the galaxy can get a draw here, this is, you know, it's a good result for the galaxy. I think, you know, San Jose starting to trend down where Dallas can't really, you know, Dallas doesn't really have a consistency, um, that, you know, they need in order to be content, like in, you know, make a challenge at the playoffs. The Timbers desperately need something to go right over the next seven games in order to be in the play or to be anywhere in the conversation of the playoffs. And I mean, Kansas city's hopes are fading incredibly quickly. You know, I think if the Galaxy can get a draw here, they go home or uh, they go to Colorado, they'll, that'll feel good for them. They can definitely, you know, in these next two games, if they can, if they can manage four points on the road out of the next possible six, then I think we should all feel in a very good position about making the playoffs. Well, and I think the interesting, an interesting thing, too, is if you were watching the game over the weekend, Morris came up lame in the first half, and it was actually pretty surprising he was even still in in the second half. So I'm... Curious to see if that is something that continues to nag him throughout the week through training and if it's a um, kind of a weakness. Maybe he won't be able to play a full 90 uh, in this game. And then the, the other question I have about Seattle is that Raul Rui Diaz, you know, has has not had the season that was expected out of him. And, and you know, if, if if he can't get firing, then Seattle's going to struggle um, They because, you know, the, the goal scoring options are limited for Seattle. So I think if they can, you know, if if if. You know, he doesn't get going, and, and, if, and if there's issues with Jordan Morris, and I think Seattle's gonna is gonna have a really tough time of, you know, I, I, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I think they'll struggle in terms of They're effectiveness in the playoffs. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the other thing. I mean, they do this right, like, yeah, and yeah, since I, Chad Marshall like retired Yeah, exactly. I, this team isn't the teams that were able to kind of string those runs together because defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not as solid as they were. They don't have Ozzy Alonso. Torres you know, is out because yeah, of his uh, usage. Because of PEDs. Um, you know, it was, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, this is this is a game that the Galaxy can definitely feel like they, they can get a point out of. They can go to Colorado, feel good about that game, get points out of that. And then they come home to uh, SKC side that, you know, is reeling. And if they can get yeah. their points at home after that, then the Galaxy should feel like playoffs are are pretty much guaranteed. I mean, SKC does worry me a little bit because they did uh, surprise me and they did win. Um, I don't remember if it was their last game, but definitely the game before that. And so I was like, uh, I think it was their last game. But um, yeah, so they're they're concerning. But again, like as long as the Galaxy can just, you know, definitely play the way that, that we've seen them in that first half against LAFC and when they can get it really together again, it's just the defense. Um, I mean, I do still trust in Bingham. Yeah, and, and again, and in GBS, I trust. <laughs> I, I I made my case for for David Bingham, you know, fan club president last last podcast. And, <laughs> yeah, I, right. and I think you know, I think Stare is coming back in the lineup is going to help a lot. Yeah, um, absolutely. The squad's gonna be a little bit fresher because we do get a bye week in between some of these games. Where you know, one of the teams that has a very late bye week, which I think is going to help the Galaxy, just you know, have get Ibrahim or I'm sorry, get Allison and Dreamy time and reps with the, with the first team to get him back into the fold. So I think that's going to be good. Um, yeah, I think the Galaxy are, are in a good position right now. I think, especially with this result, the Galaxy should feel like they're in a, a position of, 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 of strength moving forward. And I don't see the lineup changing all that much from what we've seen against LAFC, just like it didn't change the first time we really saw them against Seattle. So, yeah. um, I mean, uh, Araujo, do you see him 
getting in there? I, I think he'll be a factor off the bench, but I don't think he's, you know, you know, unless, unless you go to Colorado and you want to rotate around, then Araujo mm-hmm. probably gets the start there. But, you know, that's that. I mean, he, he's, he's definitely a very solid bench option. Um, and I mean, the kids started, the kids are all right. You know, kids are all right. I mean, for me, the only real difference I can see is if uh, Kitchen is healthy and we do take a lead or or even have that draw after about 60 minutes, maybe him coming in just to play a more defensive style and guarantee a point. Mm-hmm. But if he's not healthy, then sorry, Michelle, look for Carrasco. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I mean, that's what keeps happening, though, right? <laughs> but, I mean, you don't have any other options, really. I know. I know. So, I know. And I give him a hard time. Uh, he's, been all, he's been fine. Yeah, he's 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 been serviceable, and that's about all you can ask for. There you go. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Serviceable. So we titled this episode "The Kids Are Alright." <laughs> Since we were thinking about the children last El Trafico. Oh, that is true. <laughs> Any other questions, comments, concerns, thoughts? Feelings? I don't think I have anything to add. I think uh, thank you all for. Coming in and spending a little bit of time talking a lot about oh. a, a lot about soccer. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for that potential live pod. Oh yeah, that's gonna be fun. Seattle, you guys get get your questions in, get your comments in. We will. I'm bringing up mics and a sound card. It's gonna be a good time. We're going it's, to. Yeah, we're going big. The uh, U.S. Women's National Team is back in action on Thursday. Yes, I, I want to say it's a 4 p.m. kickoff for us. Um, can't remember off the top of my head. NWSL update. I don't remember the full schedule. Your next televised game isn't until September 11th, and we will pod before that, and I will tell you all about it. Oh yeah, we would definitely will, guys. Um, oh yes. So yeah, the women are back in action Thursday, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That is right. Uh, where are they playing again? I believe it's Philadelphia. Okay, well, that's right. And then NW schedule. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's up? Um, uh, open cup news. At oh, yeah. One. Yep. There they go. Congratulations. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I, they're gonna wait. The winner of the open cup makes a run for MLS Cup. I really, I really like Open Cup in the earlier rounds when there's like a I lot know, of. We had a lot of fun too, though. <laughs> I love watching the amateur teams. I love watching the lower division. Long, li- long live Florida soccer soldiers! Oh my gosh, <laughs> gosh, I love this. It's so much fun. But this, these two teams, I just, I had it on because I needed something on, but I couldn't. Yeah, same. I couldn't really get into it. I didn't care. No, no. Um, we were rooting for Minnesota low key, but you know, uh, so NWSL, uh, Orlando pride watching the spirit Saturday, August 31st at 4 30 PM. Uh, these times are all Pacific standard time. What? Uh, West are, coast, West coast. Okay. Sorry. These are, these are all on Yahoo streaming and I haven't done my tweet yet. So oh, that's okay. why I, I didn't know the next, uh, nationally televised on, Oh, gotcha. Isn't until September 11th. I see. Okay. Well, nationally televised guys, look, there's a will, there's a way you find your streams, get the streams up. I mean, I misread it. Um, (laughs) game stream, all games, except for that one stream free on Yahoo sports. You can download the app. It's super simple. 
even if you're not going to fully watch it, turn it on in the background. Let yeah, them- just like we had a U.S. Open Cup. Number, give them numbers. Let's do this. And they deserve it, too. I mean, look, coming up to Seattle, do you know how tempted I was to find out, like, when the rain or when the thorns played and I'd, like, make a trip? But it just wasn't in the budget. I always check when I travel if if there's an NWSL team. I always check if it's uh, doable. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, you know, future games, you guys both let me know. I mean, I, I feel like you guys are down to travel with soccer buddies. I mean, look, I actually wasn't even going to go up. Um, but then when I found out you two were going... I was like, and, and and a bonus thing, you know, Christian offered to to do the live podcast, make it happen. So much appreciated. Of course, of course. All righty. Well, okay, guys, stay tuned. Um, we'll re- be recording. So September 1st is the game. Um, it is 3.30 Pacific Standard Time. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much again, guys, for listening. And follow us. Uh, follow Simply Soccer underscore underscore. It's the easiest way to find me, Simply Soccer. Thank you all. Thank you all. It's been an absolutely pleasure, wonderful Tuesday evening. Yeah. We'll see who joins us next time. Of course, of course. <laughs> I know we're working on things, guys. You have no idea. Everything's in, in the works. I'm, at least with what I've been working on, I'm, I'm so excited to bring this stuff to you guys. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, there's other projects that I've got working that um, I cannot say here, but I'll tell you guys. So, later. Peace. Peace.